Chances are your salary isn't rising as fast as inflation. You need more money. And you've heard stories about people getting massive pay increases by switching jobs. But before you march into your boss's office to demand a raise, remember there's a recession looming. Now that doesn't mean you shouldn't ask, but your pitch needs to be researched and realistic. After all, unemployment is still low and certain sectors are struggling to find workers. Welcome to Stress Test, a personal finance podcast for millennials and Gen Z. I'm Rob Carrick, personal finance columnist at The Globe and Mail. And I'm Roma Luzio, personal finance editor at The Globe. We're all paying more for everything from groceries and gas to rent and your mortgage. To combat that, you can either cut spending or make more money. That means finding a side hustle, looking for a new job, or asking your current employer for a raise. Today, we're talking about that last option, how to negotiate your compensation given the combination of inflation, a labor shortage, and a potential economic downturn. Now, Rob, normally when we see a recession, it goes hand in hand with job losses. In this case, the job market's tight, and there's still parts of the economy where workers are desperately needed. And yes, pay increases are happening. Can you give us some sense of why that's so unusual? Well, the pandemic created a lot of churn in the job market. A lot of people left their jobs and those vacancies are still there. Employers are having trouble filling positions in a bunch of sectors. And that even goes down to, you know, part-time jobs that students might have. We are heading into a downturn and that usually means big time layoffs. I've covered a lot of uh, recessions in my career and they're usually nasty. Um, We're going to see a little of that. We can't sugarcoat all of this, but I do think that there are labor shortages in certain areas. And we also have a whole wave of retiring baby boomers who are going to be vacating the workforce. So that suggests that there is still going to be some tension in the job market, some need for employers to deliver. Okay. So some things will be in line with previous recessions, but the bottom line is we don't know how things are going to play out and they might look a little different this time. After the break, we'll hear from a compensation expert on what's going on in the job market and how to negotiate your salary. Manny Campione is a principal at Norman Dam Baudry, a compensation consultancy. The firm found that salaries increased on average by 4% across Canada this year. That's a historically high pay boost, even though it might not feel like it with inflation around 7%. Here's our conversation. Now, inflation's continuing to hang in there. It might be declined just a little bit, but our sense of inflation seems to be that personally for me, it's getting worse. And so I see I'm... uh, might have a chance to negotiate a wage with my with my employer uh, late this year, early next year. And I'm thinking, wow, there's a lot of pent up inflation in my personal budget. I feel I need a bigger increase. Um, what are you forecasting for what employers will actually give in 2023? I'll say 3.8% just to kind of uh, keep it easy. What I, I do believe is important to understand, and if StatsCan has their figures right, we will be in a labor shortage for likely the next uh, 10 years. Um, so as the uh, demand goes up and the labor continues to remain flat, if not low, uh, we can expect uh, to see a spike in uh, pay over the course of time. So this labor shortage is retiring baby boomers, correct? Uh, retiring baby boomers, uh, those choosing not to return to uh, their previous uh, jobs, I'll call it post-pandemic, um, and a lot of folks that have kind of uh, gone back to school or uh, changed their minds. But certainly the fact that a lot of uh, employees are, are, are retiring certainly lead to that. 
We're in this unusual job market where everyone's talking about a looming recession, and yet employers have been complaining for two years that they can't find people. How does that affect compensation? There's a, there's a few factors uh, in play, Rob, and you know certainly this convergence, if you will, of the labor shortage, uh, higher than average uh, inflationary rates, and the economic uh, downturn are leading to what I would say the first time in, in my professional career, a very uncertain time related to pay, inflation, and uh, just in general recruitment. And what we're seeing uh, by and large, specifically for those hot jobs or hotter jobs, is a bidding war for the best and brightest uh, talent. It straddles roles that are uh, high tech, like AI, and it also straddles uh, roles that are hourly. Does that explain why I heard a radio item in Ottawa the other day about restaurants offering medical and dental coverage to their hourly workers? I, I would say certainly that that's an indication of the change where we're certainly starting to see total rewards that, again, the concept of monetary and non-monetary rewards become more and more important for the workforces that historically have, have not seen anything more than just uh, the monetary side of rewards. I hear a lot of people saying, I'm going to go ask my boss for a raise because of inflation, I need it. How do employers uh, react when they hear someone make a pitch for a raise that way? You know, if it's as blunt as that, it's it's not likely going to be received well. Um, I think there's certainly some empathy and certainly a great deal of understanding. But, you know, as there is a uh, downturn in the economy looming uh, and pay is or base pay specifically is a fixed cost to the organization, I think there needs to be quite a lot of context and conversation around it. And let me give you a couple of examples, Rob. I, I think one just related to uh, salary uh, increases over the course of time. There is no direct correlation between uh, inflation and uh, pay increases. In fact, since 2013, the rate of salary increases on average has been roughly 0.5, if not 2.5% uh, uh, above inflation. And certainly we're seeing in 2022 that line crossover. And then when we think about you know, the employee motivation, I think there's more than just pay. Uh, that needs to be discussed. Um, I think there's an awful lot of pressure right now on job titles. There's an awful lot of pressure on career progressions. There's certainly much more at stake than than just pay at this time. Now, people are often fixated on the cash when they're talking compensation. You've mentioned some, uh, you know, some bureaucratic things that could be changed, like titles, etc. What other aspects of compensation might you want to bring into the discussion if you're talking to your employer about a raise? Well, I, I think we just need to help remind ourselves, if you will, that you know during the pandemic, overall psychological health, physical health, social health, uh, and financial health were were all discussed, and we just need to remind ourselves that benefits probably were the most important during that two two and a half year period. And you know, you factor into that um, there was an awful lot of flexibility that was injected uh, into the workplace through through hybrid work or you know work from anywhere. Those are extremely important aspects to what we would call total rewards uh, that certainly need to be openly discussed. I'm just wondering if the door is closing quickly on going to ask for a raise from your employer. Just given the, given all the headlines about recession, slowing economy, we're all going to be getting defensive. Is the door closing? Is it almost closed? How how close are we to the end point here? I don't think the door's actually going to close. In fact, if we go back to the 
uh, the comment on the labor shortage. If, if you're critical talent in a critical role and the supply is relatively low uh, and you know you're marketable and you see different uh, rates of pay out there that um, you think are uh, more akin to your value, I really don't think there's an issue speaking to your manager. I, I I would certainly want to characterize it, or I prefer to characterize it as a discussion rather than a demand. Um, regardless of the economy, if, if you fit into that employee segment, then it's certainly worth asking. You know, but at the crux of all this, and I think it's important to, to state is, you know, there's a strong correlation between high performers and higher paid employees. So if, if you're not a high performer, I'm not sure how that's actually going to translate well with the conversation. So normally we get a recession and I've seen a few recessions and usually the, uh, the number of big layoff announcements starts reaching a crescendo at some point. So-and-so is laying off a thousand workers and they're going to reduce their workplace through attrition. But this underlying demographic issue of retiring baby boomers, does that, is that going to shield a lot of workplaces from these mass layoffs that we might've seen in previous recessions? I think from a generalization perspective, we're going to see organizations probably hoarding their talent or hanging on to their talent as as best as possible. Uh, but there will be some organizations. Perhaps they've overhired. Perhaps they've uh, they've realized the, the the pure economics of their business is probably uh, too talent heavy. And uh, I I do think we're going to see some organizations shed some of their workforce. And I think we've seen it in a couple of uh, tech scenarios. Uh, we've certainly seen it with Shopify. Uh, and I think we've also seen it uh, from Wealthsimple. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's other organizations that uh, follow suit. We're hearing a lot of stories about people switching jobs to get big raises. How typical is that right now as we head into the latter stages of uh, 2022? You know, if we you know follow the headlines, I think we've we've all heard about the Great Resignation, and we've seen a lot of employees uh, switch jobs or even switch careers. Uh, I would say it's probably pretty prevalent. I'm not necessarily sure it's because of money. I think there were a lot of uh, individuals out there that kind of hung on to their jobs uh, during the pandemic um, and decided one way or another to uh, to think about changing roles. And I think we started to see that particular whiplash happen in uh, in 2022. Um, and certainly the amounts uh, the employees are leaving for is 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 fairly high in some cases. Manny, tell us a bit about what's actually happening in the bidding wars. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's certainly real and it's certainly alive and well. And I, I think there's two questions that were typically asked later in a in a typical interview that are now getting uh, asked up front now. One is, you know, what's your hybrid work policy, uh, and the second is. Uh, uh, how much can I earn, or what's the pay for this role? The the whole bidding war piece is is a fact, and we're seeing it again in some jobs in some sectors where the the candidate themselves has more than one offer uh, in hand, and um, you know they will state more candidly now than ever before what they're earning or what they expect to earn, and uh, in some cases where they have an offer on the table, um, if the new quarter can match uh, and or offer more than uh, what's on the table. One of the ways we can arm ourselves when we go into conversations with our employer is to sort of know what the what the lay of the land is. Who's making what? Uh, I'm doing the same job as so-and-so. What's their pay band? Can, how can workers get this information before they walk in to, to, to negotiate? Well, I think there's two sources of information. One is uh, fact and the other is, uh, again, conjecture. The millennials, if I can use the, uh, the stereotype, uh, enter the uh, Gen Z, they share everything. 
they will uh, text their way through it. They will TikTok their way through it. And typically after, uh, you know, base salary increase or bonus season, they share the details of their performance ratings and, uh, and increases. Uh, and I'm not sure that lends it itself well to having that information as a uh, fact-based uh, decision-making tool. Uh, again, I would default to uh, asking uh, for a degree of transparency in the data from the organization, or again, looking at valid and reliable uh, sites uh, on the internet. Manny, what if I'm going in to talk to my boss about a raise and I'm wondering just how aggressive and forthright I should be? What are your recommendations? I think the conversation has to be genuine to your style and to your approach. If if you're going to be aggressive and it's a personality thing, uh, on the receiving end, if someone came into my office uh, to demand an increase, I, I'm not sure how I would uh, react to that, specifically if it was out of character. If uh, there was a job offer on the table and it was a bona fide job, job offer, then I'd, I'd want to discuss what in fact is being asked uh, and how I possibly or potentially would want to uh, retain that, uh, that employee. And you know, as we mentioned earlier with the labor shortage, it is in a company's best interest to do everything they can within reason uh, to retain their, uh, their best and brightest. Can you sour your relationship with your employee by handling the conversation about compensation in a not great way? I think it varies by the dynamic every manager has with uh, their their employee. If the employee comes in and demands and that's not typical of them, then I, I think there's something else going on and there's a, certainly a conversation worth having. If it's professional, if it's uh, fact-based, uh, if it's uh, in the spirit of uh, education and perhaps even empathy, then I think we're going to have a really good conversation. Manny, thanks for joining us. After the break, we'll hear from an Albertan who first tried to negotiate a raise at his work, but wound up switching jobs to get the pay he wanted. So my name is Justin. I'm from Edmonton, Alberta. I'm 27 uh, and I work for the public sector here in Alberta. Yeah, so I, I was doing my job in an acting capacity for about a year, uh, and then they ended up posting that job to uh, hire to it permanently. Uh, I applied, and uh, they ended up offering me that position. So I thought in my mind, this is a great opportunity. I've been doing it for a year. They're offering it to me. Uh, I'm I'm going to uh, advocate for a higher salary than I was making at the time. Uh, and uh, it turns out, so they they offered me the position at the salary that I had been making for the past year. Uh, and I requ requested that they offer me the, uh, a salary that they would determine uh, if they were offering somebody a job who had a year experience. Uh, in my mind, that was 8%. So I, I requested an 8% raise. They, they ended up turning it down. So they said, no, you can uh, take the job at the, the rate that we're offering it to you, which is the rate that you've been making for the, the last year, or you could uh, not accept the position. You know, today, uh, my, my earning power is less than it was a year ago. My costs are all, you know, substantially higher than they were a year ago. Uh, and so I was willing to kind of stick to my guns a little bit more and say, this is the request I'm making. I have the rationale to back it up. You know, I have the experience. I, I have the knowledge that that, you know, makes this request something that I think you should take seriously. Uh, and I'm willing to stand by that because of how important, you know, the, this, uh, this ask is to me. Justin tried to push back with the human resources rep, but his organization had strict HR policies around pay. 
So based on my experience, based on the type of job I was applying for, based on my particular situation, the uh, the HR guidelines said that they had to offer me this salary, uh, and and unless there was you know extenuating circumstances that needed to be approved by my boss's 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 boss, uh, there was nothing they can do, and 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 they thought my my situation didn't merit going through all of those approvals, uh, and uh, as, as such, they were stuck at, uh, giving me the the salary that they offered. I guess it's reasonable to have kind of these HR guidelines and, and they're public guidelines. So uh, people know going in that it's you know more of a transparent process. So I do understand it from, from that point of view, uh, but also my organization's kind of facing a, a staffing, uh, I, I wouldn't call it crisis, but, but certainly they're facing staffing issues of not being able to find qualified candidates, not having people stay in, in roles uh, for, for very long so that they can kind of build up institutional knowledge. Me as, as somebody who, you know, I've, I've been doing the job successfully for a year, I've built up connections within the organization. Uh, I, I was the successful candidate when they offered me the, the position. So, you know, they thought I was qualified. Um, I, I thought that like, you know, this is why you're, you're missing out on these, these candidates. If you have these HR guidelines that say you can't pay people what the going rate is for people in this type of, of position, or, you know, based on cost of living increases, if you can't accommodate for uh, inflation and everything going on, uh, you know, in, in the world around us, you're going to be losing candidates. You're going to keep on uh, losing candidates. So I was not necessarily surprised, but I definitely was disappointed. Instead of focusing on his disappointment, he started looking for a new gig. And at that point, my idea was I'll start actively applying for jobs outside of the organization. Uh, but one of the jobs that I actually applied for previously, so when, when I knew that my position was being posted publicly, I applied for the position that I was in, but I also applied for a number of other positions just to see what happens. And one of those positions uh, ended up coming back and, and they gave me an interview and they ended up offering me uh, offering me that position. And so at, at that point, it wasn't me looking at the job that I had versus basically no job. It was me comparing two jobs that were both exciting, that were both jobs that I was interested in doing. Uh, and you know, this other job came with a, a pretty substantial salary increase as well. So at that point, it was a, an easy decision. It was a 30% increase from the salary that my current employer offered me. I was expecting them to come back with like maybe five, maybe 6%. And I was wholeheartedly willing to accept that. And, and so when the, the new employer came back with a 30%, like I kind of had to sit back in my chair for a second. So yeah, I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm feeling lucky. That's for sure. Uh, and then in addition to that, uh, you know, the, the job that, uh, that I've now accepted came with being able to, to work in, you know, a different scope of work. I, I'm at a more senior level in the organization. Uh, I get to uh, be a part of projects that I'm really passionate about, uh, that, that are different from the projects that I was working on in my, my old position. So it's kind of on one hand, the, the salary is, is absolutely a, a important part of, you know, how I made my decision, but also, you know, taking on a new adventure and trying something new was, was, uh, interesting to me as well. So both of those put together, uh, at, at that point, there was nothing really that my, my current employer could say to me that, uh, that would change my mind. He's very happy with how things played out, but if he could do it again, he'd start job hunting earlier. Don't be afraid to, to apply for jobs, uh, even if it's something that uh, you think is a long shot, even if it's something just on, on the uh, in the back of your mind you think might be interesting. Uh, fill out an application, you know, send in your resume. The worst they can say is no, and uh, you know the worst you can say to them is no. And the, in the best case scenario, you find a team that you really like at a salary that that works for you, and and you know maybe something unexpected turns into a, a great opportunity for you. So that would be my first piece of advice: is 
don't don't stop applying for jobs, even if you're happy where you are, right? When you're happy where you are, that's probably the best time to apply for a new job because then you're, you know, you're you're not, you know, rushing to leave your your current opportunity. You're not in a in a point of uh want, you know, willing to accept the first thing that comes along. You're you kind of have some some more you know, you're, you're waiting for a better opportunity that really fits for you as opposed to the, the first job opportunity that comes along. He'd also advise job seekers to be upfront with their salary expectations. Uh, my second ad- advice would be really don't hesitate to uh, make your needs known when it comes to salary and benefits and things like that. Um, if the, the job has a posted salary range, which uh, for a lot of the jobs I apply for in the public sector, uh, the salary ranges are posted. Uh, don't feel afraid to advocate uh, at the, the top of that uh, range uh, and to, to be firm that your expectation is that you're offered a, a salary at the top of that range. Uh, they've The organization has been approved to post the job for that salary range. They have the budget for the top of that salary range. So uh, you you shouldn't be afraid to advocate for the, the top of that salary range. And if it's something that uh, maybe the salary range isn't public, don't be afraid early on in the process to uh, ask the HR rep or to, to ask uh, whoever you're dealing with what their salary expectations are. So you can, you know, be sure that, that you're, uh, you're in agreement with what that is. Um, you know, right now, I guess there are more people looking for employees than there are people looking for jobs. So uh, if you're somebody who's looking for a job, you're a hot commodity, you can kind of you can set your expectations and it's up to the the hiring manager to to meet it. And uh, if they're not able to meet your expectations, uh, then you know, there's probably going to be other opportunities coming along the line. Justin took a chance on a new job to get the pay he wanted. Finding that balance between risk and reward is tricky as you navigate your career and economic uncertainty. Rob, what are your takeaways from what we heard today? One, asking for a raise is a basic way to advocate for yourself. You're starting a conversation about the value you bring to your employer. Two, make sure you're in line with your coworkers. Ask how your company decides how much to pay people and the salary range for your peers. Three, if a pay raise isn't happening, ask for something else that has value. Examples, flex hours, working at home, a training or travel allowance, or a new computer. Thank you for listening to Stress Test. This show was produced by Kyle Fulton, Emily Jackson, and Zara Kuzema. Our executive producer is Kieran Rana. Thanks to Justin and Manny for joining us. You can find Stress Test wherever you listen to podcasts. If you like this episode, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and share it with your friends. On the next episode of Stress Test, we'll tackle a topic that's a personal decision, but one that's increasingly impacted by money, whether you can afford to have children, and how many. We'll dig into the top financial concerns for Canadians who are increasingly delaying kids or having fewer in the first place. Until then, find us at theglobalmail.com. Thanks for listening.